Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ubi Estmia, a show about Chicago by former Chicagoans. This episode is with the National Symphony Orchestra's Jennifer Mondi, a former Evanston resident, current Washington, D.C. resident. She's a viola player for the National Symphony Orchestra. She is the first uh, symphony member that I've ever interviewed, so I learned a lot about symphonies and stuff. Uh, she performs at the Kennedy Center on a regular basis, so it's a little bit different. Also, thanks to the Kennedy Center for letting us record there. That's, it's always nice when they let us do that. They're a nice group of people. Yeah, this is a fun episode. I really like talking to a viola player from the National Symphony Orchestra. I really like Jennifer's stories about her family. So, without further ado, here's Jennifer Mondian. How many friends do you think you have? Out of the because if, if you have three that are not musicians, what's your world like? That's what, is it just musicians the entire <laughs> time? There's there's a lot of musicians involved. I mean, there's some there's some extra people. Are you from a musical family? I am. Is so? Was this like you had to do this? No. Really? No. My dad tried to talk me out of it. Your dad. Your dad. Um, we're, we're here to talk about Chicago. Uh, your dad used to be in or is still in the Chicago? He's still in the Chicago Symphony. He's yes. still in the Chicago Symphony he Orchestra. Bass, yes. And that job started when you were very, very, very young. Yes, I was one. You were one. Not quite one. You were not quite one years old. So every once in a while someone's like, oh, how long has he been in the orchestra? I was like, wait, how old am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so great. this has literally been your, all of your memories involve your father working in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's something there beforehand, but it's very nebulous. Yeah, that's, okay. When did you start playing? I started playing when I was three. I started playing violin, but I think mostly to keep me out of trouble. Um, and my, my mom is a violinist. She very wisely figured out it would be a disaster if she taught me violin, so she got me another te- teacher and then a series of teachers. Um, what, did you practice at home a lot? I practiced at home. I think if I said a lot, there would be a whole bunch of people, my mom included, that would burst out laughing. So I'm assuming like every waking hour that wasn't schoolwork, you were probably playing an instrument. No. No? Absolutely not. So you're the opposite. You were barely practicing. I did not like practicing when I was growing up. Then I you still keep... don't like practicing. Then why do you play? Because the practicing is necessary, and you got to do it. And at certain periods of your life, you have to do a lot of it. Sure. Yeah, in college, every waking minute I had, I was practicing or thinking about practicing or yeah. worried I wasn't practicing. That was the time. And, and my early career. And uh, But... But no, it's it's no. It can be no fun, and no kids really like. Well, some kids like it, I guess. Not my kid. My no. kid is not a huge fan. Your kid, you have, you have a child. Would you? Does your child play an instrument? He just started playing the violin about two and a half months ago. Are you proud or worried or somewhere in the middle? I'm amused and very proud that that this is what he chose because you know we the last thing his father and I wanted to do was to pick an instrument for him and tell him he had to be a professional musician and be stage parents or helicopter parents so we did not we waited he's seven we waited until he was really ready um and uh you know we have lots of friends that would be we have some dear friends that would be very very happy to teach him the flute and he thought about that and then he said no i don't think i want to study with uncle aaron and uncle Lobo. <laughs> i think he was stressed that sure yeah and and i was pushing the piano i was like oh this is great we could both take piano lessons i stink at the piano this would be fun we could learn together so really what he wanted to do was learn in a safe manner, and he thought that would be me. So I'm teaching him that, and every time he said, I don't want to practice. Like, okay, we can get you a real teacher. He's like, okay, I'll practice. <laughs> so he likes you still. That's okay, lovely. He likes me still, which, yes, it is quite lovely. I, I hope that never changes. Me too. Well, yeah. Do I you just... remember your period of hating your parents? 
mean, we all. Hate oh, her. of course. Yeah. Do you remember what 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 chunk of years that was and or is? Oh no, I, I apologize to them daily for the chunk of years that was. Oh, yeah? Like ten to twenty. Oh wow, that's a very long yeah, chunk well, of years. You know, I went into the business my parents are in. Trust me, it's necessary. But you played that entire time. You never gave it up. I gave it up for about three months when I had a teacher that I just didn't click with, and I thought, I'm going to be a scientist anyway, I don't really need to do this, this is terrible and awful, and my parents said, great, go walk away, it's yeah. fine, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Where'd you go to high school? New Trier. Did you? When there was only one. New oh, Trier, okay. It was New Trier East, and I lived much closer to New Trier West, so... So what suburb were you in? Uh, Northfield. Northfield, okay. Yeah, are you, close to the New True West. Are you glad you grew up in the northern suburbs of Chicago? I am very glad I grew up in the suburbs of northern Chicago. Why? It was just, it was a trip. It was a fun time. That was, you know, the John Hughes movies time, Home Alone, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was fun to be from Chicago. Oh, Ferris Bueller, how can I forget that? <laughs> how true to life were the John Hughes films to yours? I mean, other than they're completely ridiculous. Yes, exactly. You know, it, it, they, they felt real. That, I was like, yeah, that's where I grew up. It's, what did you listen to in high school? Oh, like Erasure and Duran Duran yeah. and all that. And, the oh, modern hits. Yeah. Well, no, there was a period of uh, Rolling Stones and trying to be hip and stuff like that and just trying to fit in and be cool. I would go Erasure and Duran Duran way over the Rolling Stones any day. Like. I think it depended on which boyfriend I was with at the time. Oh, no, I'm yeah. so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> what, what about now? What are you listening to at home? Oh, well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble, but um, in, the, in the car, my son and I listen to country radio. That's great. We find it very friendly and, you know, That's he so great. learn too many bad words, so he knows all the hits. Why would you get in trouble for that? I don't know. Because it's, it's not just, a classical it's, it's anything? A, yeah, I know. We had a conversation about that. It's like, Campbell, do you understand why I don't listen to classical music a lot? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. Like, do you want to? Well, sure, you can tell me, Mom. I just don't want to. I don't want to get bored. What, the, what what I do is, if I got bored of Beethoven, it'd be bad. Yes, it'd that be would be. Bad. Very bad. You're kind of committed. You've yeah. been here for a long time. Yeah. And I'm not calling you old in any way. I'm just saying. Oh no, saying, you can't. It's fine. No, no, no. You, you seem like a very nice lady. You're not an old in any way. <laughs> you were brought Bravo. Up. It's so weird because you're one of the people that you can Google or whatever, look up, and you could find your age really quick. Oh yeah. Does that bother someone anyway? You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can lie about it. I would choose not to, but it's your life. Why? Why would I do that? I am what I am. I have younger peers that are afraid to say their age, and it kind of well, bothers me. That's out. part of the younger thing. Like you if you're really into the, ooh, yeah, I'm young and hip. I'm not young and hip. I'm old. <laughs> I'm I'm one of the old farts and I'm proud of it. Um, forty two, forty three is not an old fart, by oh, the way. Okay, well, anyway, whatsoever. Good, come on, I'm the committee chair. I got to be an old fart. Or people get me in trouble. Okay, but you started here really young. I did. It was nineteen eighty five when you started here. Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Is that correct? Oh, I, yeah. I thought you said eighty five. No. I was like, oh, you were still in high school when you started here. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, it was nineteen ninety five. I was young. You were yes. barely out of college. I actually didn't finish college. You before are a I, college dropout. Well, I get. I went back. I went back. You are not a college dropout. Thank you. <laughs> you did. You, so you knew really, really young. When did did you ever regret that leaving, going from New Trier? To going to music school for college and then going straight to the National Symphony Orchestra. That's well, sort of... I'm sorry. That, that's kind of simplified. So I actually went to college and I thought I was going to double major in physics and music. Yes. Um, and that lasted for about three months before I realized that was ridiculous and, and I had to make a choice. Uh-huh. Um, so there was that little thing and it did take me several years to, to really stop reading Scientific American obsessively and wonder if I was proving that I just wasn't that smart and all that stuff. 
I am over it now. I'm glad I because I stink at computers. Oh man, it's they're no fun. I'd have to learn. Um, so yes, there was there was about a five ten year period where I I, I regretted it, but not when, really. So you, the, five, the, the the period of regret was when you were doing the thing you do now. Yes. How was it? How did, how did you get over that? Was just a natural progression, or was just a, a hatred of computers was like the main reason? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, computers weren't quite as big back when I g- gave it up, and yeah. now they are. And I, yeah. um, I, it, it just melted away. Like I found my calling here, and yeah. I stopped because there's this push when you're in, in conservatory. I mean, there are several different pushes you could take, but the one that I picked was orchestra music. I belong in an orchestra. This is what I do. I don't want to be a soloist. It makes me nervous, and it's really not all that interesting to me to just play that one thing. I want to be the glue. I want to be in the middle of it. I have the best sound system in the whole universe sitting on stage, which is another reason I don't listen to classical music in the car. Uh, that's so ridiculous. Um, but you know, this is where I belong, and I yeah. knew that on some level. So, the, but the push is take every audition, practice excerpts. What excerpt are you thinking of? If, you, if, you, if there's not a viola in your hand, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about Shostakovich? Are you thinking about Don Juan? What are you, you know, Mendelssohn? There's a list. Mm-hmm. You should be thinking about one of them at all times. And so there's a lot of pressure, and it takes a lot of time. Once I got this job, it took quite some time before I could let go, and I had to take a couple auditions afterwards. Thank goodness I didn't get them. Um, but. To let go of that pressure to always push, always the next audition, always, and just enjoy where you are, figure out what you can make of where you are, because it's great to be here. I love this orchestra. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people never leave once you're in. Well, I mean, yeah, and there's... And that's a good thing. Yeah. That says a lot. And this is a massive orchestra. There's how many of you? There are 98 of us. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. If you're not a people person, this seems like a bad job. Well, the thing about it is you don't actually have to interact with people while you're playing music. Sure. I mean, verbally. Yeah. Uh, but you have to interact with them 100% in terms of what you're actually doing to create the sound. Yeah. To be a part of that glue. Yeah, you do. Um, but you find ways around it. <laughs> sure, sure. There are a lot that. of introverts in the orchestra. Oh, I can assume. <laughs> it's the arts. It's when true. you audition, was it a blind audition? It was. It, okay. Well, in here, we there. About half the orchestras, if I had to guess, half the orchestras do the finals blind and half the orchestras don't. We don't. But the all the rounds leading up, there are 120 people that took the audition when I took the audition. And how many people got the position? There were two open oh, at the boy. time. So <laughs> it was me and another gentleman, Garrett Fishbach, who has since moved on to the Met Opera. Um, and uh, yeah, it was... So until they got to the last four, they had no idea. We could be Martians with... Green hair and purple tongues, you never know. That's so great. That would actually sell some tickets, too. That'd be good. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's, yeah. yeah. Um, I try and I try to do hair anyway. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, for the listener at home, you have pink tips. Not really tips. Uh, pink, there's pink, pink in accents somewhere. in your hair. How often do you dye the hair? Uh, whenever I think about it. So that's a lot, I'm assuming, because it, it, it's, it's a passing thought, and probably once a month, a day, week. Uh, it, it depends. If, if I've got time to kill, then you know, every Is week or so. Is pink the go-to color? Mm, that's what my hair stylist does. When okay. I actually have it professionally done, she always picks pink. I don't know why. Usually for me, it's purple or blue. Do you like your hair stylist? Oh, she's great. Where do you go? Uh, where, 
PR, PR partners in Alexandria, they're fantastic. Really? Here, advertisement. No, absolutely, because this is for Chicago audiences. I know <laughs> what they're going to love it. No, you should definitely go to Old Town. That's one of the biggest problems with leaving Chicago and coming to D.C. is finding that kind of service. I know that uh, sounds weird, and I know no, that we're here to talk about what you do for a living, but that's very important. Most people, if not everyone, has had hair or has hair right now. <laughs> so that matters. So not my brother. Daniel, don't listen to this. Your brother is also a musician. He is. Well, he's a recovering musician right now. He's a CPA. But um, he was a musician until he was about 37. Why did he, Do you know why he stopped? Yeah, because it's a rat race and he's <laughs> tired of the, well, and I'm sure the internal internal politics probably got him in the end. But you know, his wife is not a musician. They'd like to have a family. What about your partner? Uh, I don't currently have a partner okay. other than my son. Would you, I mean, that has to come into it when it comes to personal life stuff. Oh, yeah. Being a musician yeah. with a job that you're at all the time at a place that's like this. This is not an I'm I'm going to go back to the WeWork space and be in an <laughs> office with a hundred different people and everyone's in their little glass thing. Um, it's a lot different. You have a public life that everyone kind of knows the schedule of. Yeah. Yeah. No and, one really cares except the people I work with. But that's your life. That's who you're surrounded by at all times. Yes. It's yes. got to be interesting. It's it's fun. It's like being married to a hundred people you did not pick. That's exactly... That sounds like a horrible thing. Well, but it can be. A fun thing to witness, but not participate oh, in. Well, and there's Mozart in the Jungle. Kind of captures a little bit of that. And for the most part, it's not a good representation, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever want to be part of the Chicago Symphony, or did you just want to, like, I need to do my own thing, Dad? Like, You know what I mean? Oh, you got the crux of it right there. I mean, when I was in the middle of audition mode, yeah, sure, I would have loved to be in the Chicago Symphony, and I did take that audition twice, and I was in the finals, and I have played there many weeks, many months, because I was in the finals, so I'm on their sub list. So I got to go on tour with my dad to China. It was great. We had, you know, father-daughter bonding time. Yeah. Um, which and it was it was kind of difficult because my son was three months old at the time, so I had to leave him and go through all this rigmarole. And, yeah. Um, but it was great, and we had a really fun time. And we went on another tour um, after that. So I've gotten to see Muti on tour and Haitink, who was lovely on tour. It, it was great to have that experience. But having been in the orchestra enough and knowing the characters for my whole life, it's you know an orchestra is is a similar thing the world over and everyone has their problems everyone oh, sure. has their strengths and weaknesses and this really is where I belong these absolutely. are my people absolutely when you you went to Northwestern as well is that I correct? did uh, how was Evanston? oh it was great yeah. I never really spent that much time before I went there so it was fun is it Nutria pretty close? Yeah, but you know, you stay in Nutria. You don't go to Evanston. Why? Well, what's wrong with Nutria? We're rivals. We Oof. were. I know. <laughs> I think we went to math meets sometimes, and I'd see. You know, but that's literally in Mean Girls. Yeah. Well, really. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, great. No, no that's math, a good thing. Math. I loved math team. We had so much fun. Yeah. Science Olympiad. Oh, it's great. I can't yeah, tell if you're being sarcastic or sincere. Or totally sincere. Okay, good. Love it. We had a great time. The late 80s were the place to be. It was again. a crazy time. It was. <laughs> the northern <laughs> suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, we were. It, like, one time at band camp God. with orchestra. <laughs> How often do you go back? It hasn't been as much lately. We, we went back, my son and I went back for Christmas. Yeah. Was, and the weather was actually pretty good. It, yeah, destroying the environment is really working out for Chicago. Well, yeah, and then when we left, there was a gigantic snowstorm. Yeah. So, you know, we had the best of all possible worlds. It was fun. We yeah. went to see the Sears Tower and stood out on the Willis ledge. Tower, ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> it will always be the Sears Tower to me. I will always fine. be loyal to a corporation that has never paid any of my bills. Of course it's the Sears Tower. <laughs> How often did you hang out at the orchestra when you were a child? 
I kind of stayed away. Yeah. I mean, and it's really funny because here, like, I know all the orchestra kids. And for all I know, that's the way it is in Chicago now, too. But there's a lot of kids around, and I know them all. Uh, and even before I had my own, in, in back in the day, back in the day, I was never down there. The, really? The, the orchestra kids should not be seen, certainly not heard, and wow. preferably not seen either. So I've never even met a couple of the orchestra. Like, I went to school with Dale Clevenger's son. Okay. Um, he was in the same grade as I was. He was, he was like, we were like two next to each other in the phone book. I had never met him. Really? Yeah. Crazy. I mean, all, you work at a place, though, that has ten stages... And there's a free show every day, mm-hmm. and there's a children's theater here. This is this could be a kids' playground. Yeah, and it is, and it's kind of great that way. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than the like really really stuffy, hard to get yeah, to, yeah. pretty expensive Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, I mean they tell me we're expensive too, but I you know, but yeah, it has that cachet. I mean, in all fairness, I played in the Chicago Youth, and we played concerts in Orchestra Hall too. And like the most wonderful moment, this is my best Chicago early Chicago Symphony. When the first time I played in Chicago Youth Orchestra, and I was down at the hall, Dad said, "Oh, would you like to use my?" Locker? Like, Dad, that's great. In the men's locker room. So maybe no. But thank you. Appreciate that. But he was just so proud. And he just couldn't help himself. That's he didn't so think great. About it. it was cute. Your parents have to be thrilled with you. On any given day? Sure. <laughs> Let's go with yes. <laughs> they you... are planning on me helping them retire in the style in which they'd like to become accustomed. So yeah, sure. You said that you always think about other works. And you're always thinking about other works. Do you have ever a desire to compose? Oh, no. Gosh, no. I wouldn't know where to start. Would not know. Really? All I really want to do is interpret the stuff on the page. That's that's what I want to do. Do you think that makes you different from, like, would you ever want to conduct? No. Every once in a while I have a fantasy about that if the putts on the podium is particularly bad, but... Um, We're not asking your name names because I can oh, get you in trouble. Oh, it, yeah. It ain't going to happen anyway. Good. Um, but no, not not really. I mean, they have to maybe for one piece, yeah. You know, just to have my interpretation enforced on the rest of the orchestra, sure. But but in reality, you know, when you really think about it, no, you got to know the score inside out. Those guys work like dogs. They travel all the time. It's, it's not they de- they deal with us and mm-hmm. not the fun way. At least I have colleagues that do support me when we deal with stuff. I mean, yeah. no one really is interested. I mean, they're interested in either currying favor or telling you you're a putz, and that's about it. So. No, no conducting. Thanks, though. <laughs> Do you think your your son is learning the instrument that you know? Your son plays violin. Yes. Okay, your son plays violin because he's starting a little bit older than when you started. Do you think he'll maybe want to compose? Because it's just when you don't know what to play, you kind of write your Ooh. own on accident. Well, that's a good question. He likes to build. He's a Minecraft freak. Okay. He loves to build stuff. He likes that type of thing, and he's always, like, if there's Legos about, he's always putting them together. So maybe. That would be a good place for him to end up. I don't know. Yeah. But you never had... I mean, you said that when you were so young. Like, you're you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, a lot of people start when they're young. Absolutely. The successful ones usually do. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. Yeah. But it it, it was... um, I never really thought that I would end up doing this until very much later. Really? So, I mean, even high school, I was thinking, ah, well, it's so hard to get in places, and really, I knew I wanted to be in orchestra and not teach, and there are a lot of different avenues you can take, and some of them are more risky than others. This is about the riskiest one you got, other than soloist, um, and that, but that's, that's even a different thing. Um, so, I thought, oh, I don't know if I can, could make it, I don't know if I can do this, and it's such a risk. And then I thought, yeah, but if I don't try and do this, I'm going to regret it. Sure. 
And look, I was right, so phew. Do you remember how old you were or how you learned to read music? No, I don't. In okay. fact, I was really bad at it through high school because I learned a lot. I, my mom, and who she picked to teach me, taught Suzuki method, and a lot of that, at least in the old days, had it was mostly oral, okay. AU. Um, so I learned to play. I can memorize whatever I want for the most part, orally. Yeah. And, and I had to then in high school when I started playing an orchestra when it wasn't completely easy. Go, why am I playing the wrong note? Oh, there's a there's a kind of crisscrossy thing there. I wonder if that means something different. And had to like learn the key signature. She sort of went backwards in a way. Yeah, a little bit. It was really hard. Now to hear you say that gives me uh, I feel less bad about my lack of musical reading knowledge. Oh, you should never feel bad about that. Oh, all the there's time. There's an app for that. College? Did you live in the dorms? I did for one year. Did you like it? Yeah, I had a good roommate. Yeah? I didn't spend a lot of time there. You were probably in the orchestra hall or rehearsing or doing I was, things that I you was can't on... mention. <laughs> I know. Actually, in college, I pretty much practiced all the time. Really? Yeah, it was pretty bad. It, it was a problem. I got to the practice rooms at like 7 when they opened at Regenstein Hall and Northwestern. And me and the... It, Northwestern, it was the trumpet and the saxophone players. And at Cleveland Institute, where I went for a year and a half, it was the percussionists. Okay. They were always there at 7.30 when the building opened. Uh, but yeah, I was there in the morning. I practiced as long as I could, went to class, came back, practiced as long as I could, and went home and crashed. There's no like way to practice quietly, is there, for what you, you can do? You have a practice mute, but it kind of destroys some of the subtlety. So, yeah. you know, you just spend a lot of time in a practice room getting used to how loud you play. Are you worried about your hearing? I should be a lot more worried about my hearing because... Practicing aside, I mean, it's it's sort of loud, but having the trombone players blast your ears yeah. repeatedly, that's that's loud. Do you wear headphones? Uh, sorry, earplugs. Earplugs. Um, I wear earplugs in pops or when I really, really have to, but I try not to. And you would practice today? Yeah. And you personally. play, I'm assuming, every single day of the year. If not, maybe like Christmas you don't play. But Yeah, well, let's go with that. Yeah, let's do every that. Single, you had practice today. You're probably going to practice tomorrow. You have a performance yeah. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have three performances. You're, you're an orchestra that has you're 365 days a year. Yeah, um, we're, we're paid to be there. We have a salary. I practice on my own. Exactly. Day. Yes. So how often do you get your hearing tested? Oh, see, I don't want to know. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Do you, listen, do you use headphones to well, listen to music? I really don't listen to music all that much, except in the car. Sure. Or, or I no, I I listen to YouTube and I, no, I don't listen to headphones. I don't use headphones. For okay. Do you work out? Yeah. Uh, classes or treadmill or running. Oh my god, Soul Cycle! I put the earphones earplugs exactly. in right away. I can't. And I, my best friend sits next to me. She doesn't have earplugs in. I was like, Are you crazy? Yeah. How can you? Like, I can't even think if I don't have earplugs in. It's awful. I'm trying to think. What's what's? <laughs> this is the worst question for someone like you. What's what do you are concerned about more? Destroying your hand or destroying your ears? Huh? <laughs> Just but, what should you be paranoid about at all times? Well, I had a thumb injury a couple of years ago, and it's not the same. But you know, it's it's okay. Um, if I there was a significant amount of hearing loss, I could tolerate and still do my job okay. and still hear. And probably, you know, what I'm sure I have hearing loss. I don't notice it because it's been 25 years I've been doing this. So so clearly I can function that way. If I couldn't see, I'd be in trouble because 
to play in the orchestra, if you can't see the conductor, even if I memorized everything, if you can't see the conductor, you can't play it. Yeah. If you you could be a soloist. What makes a good conductor? A good musician. Okay. That's a great one. <laughs> um, do you wish you were better at piano? Or at all capable? Sure, yeah. Do you have great. a piano in the house? No. No? Did no. you have one growing up? I did. Yeah. And I probably will get that one eventually. Not now. Uh, but I, you know, I have a, a three-story townhouse. It's not great for piano. Okay. Stop bragging about how many floors you own. They're little tiny floors. <laughs> They're really small. Can we talk about your grandfather for a second? Please. There was the a... one that made the violin. Yeah. Because I had others, too. Hey, quit bragging that you got parents <laughs> that stayed together, too, all right? Not all of us did. There was a, a wonderful piece in the Washington Post last year about your grandfather yeah. and about the instrument that he made. And he made... A viol- was it a violin or viol- it was in the war in the war camp he made a violin yeah yes there was a war camp involved there was a war camp involved what it was great it's one of my good <laughs> opposite family of stories. great I'd say opposite of great okay. what he did great yes the story great the yes. actual war camp no not no. so great in fact pretty bad in fact I'll never really know because he never talked about the war camp which ever. is very typical at the time apparently yeah, he's the only one I really knew so he he his plane was shot down. He was a pilot. Yeah. His plane was shot down over, I believe, Belgium. Gosh, I should really make, pay more attention. <laughs> um, over Belgium, and he was interred in a pilot's part of the war camp in Germany because they kept those guys separately and alive and all that stuff. <laughs> Not in luxury, clearly, but, but alive. And he used the slats from his bed, the wood from the slats of him, from his bed, and carved a violin. And uh, actually, he went around. There's a great, I hadn't heard it before, but there's a great uh, story about him going around underneath chairs and getting glue, little bits of glue from the chairs and melting it down and gluing stuff together. And they had a lot of time. <laughs> in a way, really <laughs> relaxing if you just want right. to divorce yourself from everything else Reality. in the world. Go to a camp like that. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't play, though. He did. He was an amateur. Yes. He did, I mean, he a very like, amateur. Yeah. He was a, he's a 24-year-old, very young man who's yes. like, I'm stuck here. I'm going to do something I've never done before. He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. But he never made a violin prior to I that. think, actually, I, I talked to Dad about this. I think he'd had some kind of musical instrument class in high school. Okay. Something like that, where it, it had occurred to him he could do this. Yeah. But And I think he just loved to hear like Irish jigs, dance music, things like that. And he thought, well, why not? It's sort of similar to how you and your son listen to country music. Exactly. In totally the same. Well, no, it's just it's a it's a very young thing you like to do. Like yeah. he's a, he's a very young boy. Your your grandfather at the time was a young man. He just he heard a tune. He wanted to play that tune. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And then in the middle is his son, who who ends up working for the for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Go figure. And then his granddaughter working for the National Symphony Orchestra, Go playing a stringed instrument. That's pretty impressive. Why? Thank you. What is the National Symphony Orchestra Committee? The Orchestra Committee is there. Well, we have five people. There, it, it, the Chicago Symphony has nine people that um, are the liaison between the 98 people that we represent mm-hmm. and our management that um, has a contract with us that has all the rules spelled out for how we can be used. Because really, they own our time. It's just that this is the construct of how they can schedule rehearsals and what type of things they can do and all the working conditions that, that you need to have 100 people be relatively happy and capable of playing beautiful music. So it's kind of like you guys are a union and you're the union leaders? We're sort of the union representatives. 
I mean, it's not the way we, this is not kind of the way, but yeah, we're kind of the union stewards. Okay. How important is that? There's no, no way to function with 100 people making in potentially individual demands of an overworked staff that's trying to coordinate us all. It's just not going to happen. What drew you to be on that committee? Uh, it's a lot. Well, my dad's been, my dad just retired from, not from the orchestra, but from his committee after 42 years, or no, 40 years on the committee, which is astounding. I cannot believe it. And he didn't have a break. We at least have term limits for, for our committee. So every once in a while I get a break. Um, so he's, he's done it. I, I grew up hearing about this. I grew up seeing him negotiate, and it's fascinating. And it's just it's a fun puzzle to try and figure out. It's more glue. Good we try and, yeah, thank you. We, we try and figure out how to make as many people happy as possible and get the best product possible. How are you going to do that? There's like 20 different factors in any given moment yeah. about which way you could go and how. And in, in the midst of it, you have to have this integrity of the art, the music, and try and stay as close to that as possible without playing as many politics as possible. What's the newest piece of music that you've just absolutely loved? Loved? Yes. I thought you were going to say hate because there's a piece oh, I really hate right now. Do you want to say that? We're playing this piece on tour, and I'm sorry, Christopher Rouse, but right now I really hate you because it's really that? hard. Oh, because it's so difficult. <laughs> it's like 13 pages of – it's a seven-minute piece. It's 13 pages, and nothing repeats. And it's fast. It's not fun. I've been working on it for three weeks now. It's not good. Um, what's the newest piece that I love? I was going to go positive, but I'm <laughs> way more happy to go negative. It's just well, usually people don't want to. Right, right. I was just practicing it downstairs before before this, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, we have this new resident composer um, at the Kennedy Center, who is mm-hmm. the resident composer in Chicago mm-hmm. right before this. His name is Mason Bates. He writes some fun stuff. Yes. I like his stuff. That's good. So, so his he wrote stuff. like the YouTube symphony or something like that. And yeah, we just ago. played that, whatever that's called. Yeah. The, we just played that. That's awesome. A, a couple of weeks ago for Declassified. Um, so are you going to be part of the one at the end of February that was just announced today or yesterday? Oh, the jukebox yes, thing? Yes, the jukebox no, thing. No, I didn't, I didn't get asked to do that one. Okay. I it's apologize. Okay. It's okay. Do you listen to any pop music at all, ever? Country. The country, yes. Okay, and name in the gym. Country. Name a country artist you like. Uh, if there are any, ever. Yeah, see, I'm just bad with names, and they're all... No, well, uh, wait. Or a song. Oh, uh, uh, Break on Me is my new favorite song. Great. There you go. I have no idea what that is. Um, it, it's, it's an Australian guy that's married to Nicole Kidman. Of course, I can't Keith. remember his name. Thank you, Keith Urban. Yeah, there, there you go. You go. <laughs> Do you still have any friends in Chicago? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't have anybody I really... My, I went to a really small junior high. And, yeah. and theoretically, I think they all get together and they just forgot about me because I had a, I'd changed my name. You're so hard to find, too. Well, but they don't know my new name, so they didn't think about it. Uh, and I think they're all still hanging out and they said that they'd be happy to come have me join them. If I'm in town, I just keep forgetting, so sorry, guys. It, Wait, guys, why are you rich. apologizing? I don't know. For their misactions or their exactly. lack of actions. <laughs> their lack of... I don't know. That is also the most Midwest thing to do. Like, yeah. oh, they, they lost track of me. I'm really sorry. <laughs> what? No. That's yeah. on you. You find me. It's a name. Figure it out. Well, there we are. And when I was on... I, I was on Facebook for a while, and then I, and I connect, reconnected. It yeah. was lovely, and then I just, I just can't handle it, so then I lost track. Is there anything you miss about that city? Oh yeah, it's a wonderful city. Everybody's so friendly, and the architecture is amazing. And the, the, the I, I miss having a lake because at least I always know what direction I'm going. Here, I never. Get, I mean, the, the streets wind around. You don't know where you're going. You exit the Kennedy Center. 
in one direction, you see the Potomac River. Yes, but the Potomac River changes direction. The that lake is, true. is always to the east. What about the Washington Monument? And just use that. Well, you can go all around You can, it. but you can have an idea of where you are based on where that is. Oh, yes. If I'm that close to the mall, I can figure out where or I am. Or just look up because there isn't gorgeous architecture here. Everything's like yes. pretty short. You could just look up and figure out where you are, <laughs> unlike Chicago. Well, yeah. Well, what can I say? I still get lost here. In Chicago, I never got lost. Yeah. It's a grid. That is true. You don't. You live on an angle, or you live in a city or a neighborhood with a lot of angles. Yeah, I do. You live in fucking. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Are you glad your son is growing up here? Oh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. How many kids get to say I was born in D.C. and like, live my probably whole life, your yeah. early life in D.C. That's so weird and wonderful. It, it, but it's weird for me to think about because you know, obviously you grew up in Chicago. Oh yeah. wait. You think you were going to end up back there in Chicago? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't. I had kind of put that aside because I Musician's knew. Musician's lifestyle. Yeah, I like, mean, you you go where the, the, you win the audition. I was in Denver for two years. It yeah. was lovely. I had a great time in Denver. I was pretty sure I was going to stay there the rest of my life. Yeah. Before I won this job. And, and you, now, and this has been you've been here for twenty years. Twenty years. Twenty years. Oh my gosh. What and have I done? hopefully, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Twenty or plus more. At least I'm looking at at least twenty five here. That's so great. <laughs> Probably thirty. When because they're going to raise. The, the social security age at some point I'm going to have to get there yeah that's the only reason you should keep playing that. absolutely because you love it or because it's what you were meant to do no that's probably true. social security issues well you know it's the, the house in Foggy Bottom can't pay for it otherwise now you can probably flip that thing make some good money move to Alexandria live in Old Town yeah, but then I can't walk to work and walk across the, the bridge there's bridges but when there's a crisis and I'm not playing my, the fine members of my management team know. Oh, just call Jenny; she'll be here in five minutes. And I am. I can't give it. I can't give that up. Are there any calls like that you receive at the game? Absolutely, all the time. Yeah, that's it. No, it actually yeah. seriously. Well, I mean, not like every day, but at least a couple times a year. I, I get the. What are we going to do? Really? I'll, say, I'll be there in five minutes. We can talk about it then. Why does that ever come up? Because artists are. Crazy! There's a snowstorm and people are stuck here, and I can come and talk to them because I'm stuck here too. Yeah. There's lots of things I'm trying to think of. Usually, I can't talk about it if stuff is going on. It's, oh yeah, that's it's a good bad. Thing. That's a good thing. So um, yeah, but it's yeah that happens. If you would like more information about Jennifer Monty, well, just go see her perform. She's part of the National Symphony Orchestra, and they are a 365 day. A year orchestra. Uh, they perform mostly in Washington D.C., but they are our national symphony. Our national being, if you live in the United States, they're your national symphony. And I'm assuming because you're listening to this, you live in the United States. I could be wrong. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Follow me on Twitter. It's at sign YMTE. YMTE stands for You, Me, Them, Everybody. I host another show called You, Me, Them, Everybody. dot com. It would be lovely if you would also subscribe to that on iTunes. Also, yes, we are in iTunes. If you have, are listening to this because you've downloaded it via iTunes, please be a doll. And I've never said that before. Please do a nice thing and uh, rate and review us. Give us five stars. Say nice things. Because that matters for some reason. Our theme songs were composed by Daniel Knox. He's a fantastic musician in Chicago. And our artwork is by Dmitry Samarov. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful night. <laughs>